0: Good evening. Thank you for joining us this evening. We are live, another live show, one after another, here on Revelation TV. It is The Late Show, and tonight we've got our special guest, uh, who is Pastor Derek Walker from Oxford Bible Church. Derek,
1: welcome to the program. Thank you. Wonderful to be with you, Howard.
0: Yeah, and I know you've had to dash here. You, you were giving a teaching before, and you, you've all come all, literally all the way from Oxford.
1: Yes, we have our church uh, evening Bible study on Wednesday, so... Uh, but yeah, just an hour to get yeah. here, so we just made it.
0: What makes you, if I may ask you a personal question here, what makes you, as it were, be so committed to what you're doing? I know I know what the answer will probably be, but I just thought the public need to hear it.
1: Well, I, it just comes from the inside. I, I guess you would call it the call of God. And the call kind of, kind of forms you, it motivates you, and it becomes, you know your your purpose really in yeah. life is to use what God's given you to hopefully glorify God and be a blessing and yeah. uh, and so one finds great satisfaction in that.
0: And if I may add to that because I know it, it's true is it's because you actually know that how important the times that we're living in mm. are and especially for sharing that with others because I mean you've driven all the way from Oxford tonight, having already had a full day as well. And here it is at 10 o'clock at night. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of our viewers who would also, i I,
1: I enjoy it. endorse that.
0: (laughs) Okay, Derek, um, I just want to say to our viewers as well, uh, you know, Derek, if you haven't had a chance to put questions to him before, please do so tonight. It's live at revelationtv.com. That's the email address and the, the telephone number for the SMSs will come up on your screen. Uh, all the way through the program, so look out for that. Uh, meanwhile, let us uh, let me ask you a question, because while well, we're waiting for um, viewers to actually put their questions to you, Derek, um, apparently, almost now, well, it is now because of the time zone, Well, we're in Yom Kippur. Mm. What is Yom Kippur? Why is it so important to um, for Christians, really, to look at a, a Jewish feast?
1: Well... It's the, also called the Day of Atonement, um, and uh, what is one of the most important days in the, in the Jewish calendar. The thing about the feasts, particularly for us, is that they are prophetic of what Jesus Christ has done and will do. So, they are like God's time, timetable of salvation. And so, in Jesus already fulfilled the feasts some feasts in his first coming, basically Tishri, which Christ will fulfill in his second coming. Mm -hmm. So the Day of Atonement, and five days later, is going to be the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the final feast, which kind of celebrates the fulfillment of God's purpose for mankind when his presence and his glory will dwell among us. Uh, You know, really he dealt with sin in the first set of feasts you know, the Passover lamb um, saving us from sin and from judgment, he rises from the dead, and it's all about our salvation, but the purpose of our salvation is that God may live in us, that we would experience the glory of God, and that will come to, to its fullness at the second coming of Christ. I personally believe Christ will return at tabernacles, and he will fill the earth with his glory, and it says that throughout the millennium, the nations will particularly be celebrating tabernacles but before tabernacles is the day of atonement five days beforehand and that and that represent this was a day of two aspects first of all the great sacrifice because on the day of atonement was the one day when the great high priest when the high priest could actually enter into the holy of holies with the sin offering and and make that offering, and on that basis, God's, as it were, forgiveness would be would come over Israel for the year. And this was a picture of Christ, of course, and Christ has fulfilled this aspect already. I believe it was on his personal calendar that it was the Day of Atonement, and he actually made that great sacrifice and took his blood into the heavenly holies of holies and, and achieved our salvation And so he fulfilled that aspect but the other aspect that is essential in the Yom Kippur is repentance this is the day in which Israel must repent uh, in order to receive the benefits of that sacrifice now sadly when Christ died the first time Israel did not turn to God did not repent did not receive her Messiah so that that the they couldn't enter into the blessings. By the way, the year of jubilee also starts on on the day of atonement, okay. based on okay. the sacrifice. Right. Yeah. that's every Based 15th. on the sacrifice, yeah. yeah. Um, and and God's what what the in the fulfillment of this, you see, in the tribulation, Israel will repent. They will receive Christ as the Messiah. There will be a national repentance, and that will open the way for the great day of jubilee for israel that and christ will return uh, soon afterwards and uh, he will fill the earth with his glory and he will fulfill the feast of tabernacles but before tabernacles before the glory of tabernacles israel must repent the repentance of israel is the basis for the second coming of christ so that that's the that will be fulfilled by israel's repentance on the day of atonement and that's the basis then for the glory of tabernacles.
0: Right, and of course, it's really important for us uh, to recognize um, that Christ actually, as you say, uh, laid down his life, being the sacrificial lamb, because really, if, if the Jewish nation did but know, they don't have to do this day of atonement every year since Christ uh, actually paid that price and was the atoning sacrifice and the, the sacrificial lamb. Christ did
1: his part. He did in fulfilling the feast, but because years Israel ago. hasn't responded, the feast, the full fulfillment, remains to be uh, to happen.
0: All right. Just one more question for those who are perhaps um, and uh, not knowing um, that Christ is one day going to come back, and we, it is a really a timetable that, uh, although we don't know the day or the hour, we do know that we do know the season, if you like, because there is only so many years that can pass before we run out of time. Literally, the 6,000th year is approaching, which we know leads to the seventh millennium, which Mm. is the millennium of uh, peace.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's right, and there there are many indications in Scripture, and and Jesus particularly talked about the fig tree and all the trees when they start arising. The generation that sees that will not all pass away. So it's within the final end time, um, period of time, is really within a man's lifetime. So a hundred odd years. So I believe we're, we've been in the end times and certainly 1948, you know, was was really, we, that's when we saw the fig tree. That is Israel because in, in scripture typology, the fig tree rep, represents Israel. So as you say, time is running out. And if you consider a day with the Lord is a thousand years and if you understand that blueprint, which actually many Jewish rabbis and early Christians, you know, they believed in that. Um, Isn't it strange? It's almost 2,000 years since the cross, so we're near the end of the sixth day.
0: Exactly, and I think this is why mainly the world at large, including a lot of Christendom, has no idea Mm. that Christ is about to... Change things and and return and do all the things that he promised that he was going to do. Bring an end. There's
1: there's been two thousand years. You know, that's a long time. You know, and so people think, oh, it's, you know, nothing's happened in two thousand years. So, yeah, you know that. So unbelief gets in. But Peter, even prophesied that he said, in the last days, there'll be scoffers who laugh at the thought. That Jesus will return. Yeah. But that's. They're actually presence? fulfilling prophecy. Yes. <laughs> Where is this yes. promised
0: presence of His? Yeah. 2 Peter 3. Okay. Loads of emails already come in in the last uh, few minutes. So let me stop rabbiting on and let's get on with it. De- uh, good evening, Derek and Howard, I think. Yeah, it is Howard and it is Derek. Yeah. Uh, regarding the baptism pre Christ, in John 3 5, uh, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So the millions of people, uh, whether pre-Christ or Old Testament, wouldn't have had the baptism performed. So in what way uh, would the pre-Christ people enter the future kingdom without being baptized? I know about people not going to heaven before Christ, but I'm talking about baptism here, maybe purification after death in Hades, not Sheol?
1: No. So what do you think? Well, I don't believe that does refer, just because it says water, it doesn't mean it's talking about baptism. In fact, if you compare it to the next verse, it's clear, to me at least, <laughs> what that water is. Um, you, you see, to be born again, you have to be born the first time. The first birth is in, through the water of your mother's womb. And and so what Jesus is saying is, you have to be born of water and the Spirit. It's not enough that you have a natural birth, you've also got to have a spiritual birth. And that that, that dualism is reflected in the next verse, because he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, right? That's Mm -hmm. our natural birth. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, that's our spiritual birth. So I believe the water there is actually talking about our natural birth. Uh, and he's saying you also must be, you know, even if you're born as a Jew, that's not enough. You you must have Nicodemus. You, you need a spiritual birth. Um, having the right pedigree, naturally, is not, not going to do it for so you. So
0: this born again expression comes out.
1: So, And that's why you must be born again or born from above. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. So you need a second birth. You have to be born into the kingdom of God. Before the cross, actually, Uh, That's why they said, you know, even John the Baptist isn't as great as the least in the kingdom of God. So they weren't technically in the kingdom of God because you have to be born into the kingdom. And that was only available after the death and resurrection. doesn't mean that they would, it meant that they didn't go to heaven yet, but they actually went to Hades or Sheol. Um, They weren't technically in the kingdom of God, but when Christ rose from the dead, He preached to all believers in in paradise, then Mm. they got born again, then they went to heaven. That's why it says in Hebrews 12 that you've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, describes the different inhabitants, and they include the spirits of just men made perfect. You see, they were legally forgiven and justified by their faith, but now they've been made perfect through the new birth. So that's a, rep- that's a description of the Old Testament saints. They are now in heaven. Right,
0: okay. Hi, Derek, this is from Jill. Says, uh, what do you think of the churches that preach a gospel of self-empowerment? Surely it's not what we can get out of God, but what we can do for God. I may be wrong, so could you clarify?
1: Yes, it, it's more about, um, Self-empowerment of course is wrong, it's, it's about God empowerment. <laughs> um, but I think you're getting at this, the issue of blessing and the blesser, you know. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, and all, all these other things will be added to you. And so, you know, on the one hand it's true that God wants to bless us and uh, empower us to live a successful life, to live a a good life, you know, um, that's in the Bible. But we often get it wrong, and churches do get it wrong, when we emphasize the blessing more than the blesser. Uh, And the Bible says that if we will follow him, if we will follow the blesser, the good shepherd, then the blessings will follow us. But we are chasing the blessings and forgetting the blesser, and and that is a mistake. Mm-hmm. So if all the preaching is about how to be blessed by God and mm. claiming the blessing, that that's simply getting, now God wants to bless us. Yeah, but it can't come first. We must put first things first. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay, this uh, more or less uh, good continuance here says, this is uh, from Elaine, says, I was left feeling very confused after listening to David Pawson on Tuesday at seven o'clock. And once saved, all was saved, and dozens of references to hell in the New Testament. In fact, it was scary with no optimistic aspect throughout, as it appears more difficult than I thought to be accepted despite rebirth into eternal life with God. And I think many other Christians of those who are interested in the faith would be left somewhat shattered. Your views, please, gentlemen. Is David Pawson...
1: Um yes, I disagree with David Pawson on that issue. Which is? Because um, he, he wrote a book on hell, Yeah. and um, I, w- I personally li- like the first half because he said, you know, hell's a real place. Mm-hmm. But the second half is basically, if you're a Christian, there's a very good chance you're going to go to hell. I if you're a
0: Christian? Oh, yeah.
1: Really? Oh, oh yeah. The, the, he said that the warnings <laughs> were, were uh, mostly directed to Christians, to, to disciples.
0: Because and, they're not once saved, always so
1: saved, then he's not. Well, he disagrees with once saved, always saved. Yeah. But it's not so much that he disagrees with it, he kind of takes a very different view. Well, his kind of view would be that when you initially believe in Christ, you are justified, but that's just an initial status but now you he would say you are saved by w- your works of faith so if you do not if you are not sufficiently faithful I'm not quite sure what the standard is then God might reject you at the end you yeah. know because you know you, you presumably you you haven't been faithful enough so it, you know <coughs> so there is a danger. Deign- just because you've trusted in Christ yeah. does not guarantee you're going to make it in the end. You might go to hell, so you need to, that would cause you to live under fear. My own position is is not once saved, always saved, actually, but not David Pawson. I'm kind of closer to once saved, always saved. What I would say is, if you've trusted in Christ, you're secure in Christ, all right? And he promises he will not cast you out. Right. So if you, but if you choose, to reject Christ, mm-hmm. if you h- let your heart get hardened in sin, like can, you might cross a line where you actually end up rejecting Christ. Right,
0: that's a, po- a possibility.
1: A great example of this, and I believe that's a possibility. Yeah. Like, there's a, you go on an ocean liner from Southampton to New York, all right, you're on that ship, okay, um, you're in Christ. Now, if you just stay in Christ you won't be thrown off the ship you'll end up at the destination but if you're so foolish that in mid-atlantic you decide to dive off the ship mm-hmm. then that's your that's your choice right. so there i do believe that some people can lose their salvation but only if they reject christ
0: okay well there's two scriptures that i just like to cite because uh, um and one is the the one in john 3:16. whoever believes in uh, in the Lord uh, will not perish but have everlasting life mm. it's like only believing even those who just believe okay the other one is if we practice sin willfully then we will have um, condemnation and also uh, there are warnings in lose Hebrews lose of, lose of, of our the salvation
1: talking about. I, you know that's
0: right yeah so um, interesting uh, thanks Elaine for bringing that up okay um, Peace, uh, Peace in Jesus, Howard and Derek. Thank you. Have you heard of Pastor Professor Walter Vieth? He's an ex- atheist from South Africa. He's on YouTube, and it's called What's Up Prof? Uh, very, very scripture-based prophecies and enjoy. Thank you. I haven't heard of okay. him. Yeah. But thank you for mentioning that. Um, hi, chaps. Uh, this is from Les again. Can Derek explain the difference between the five kingdoms or empires in Daniel and seven, which become eight, described in Revelation, or is something? somehow something to do with the gentile nations which dominate israel and the extras are before or after the age of the gentiles we're talking about daniel's um image there There are seven
1: heads Mm -hmm. essentially but then there's the eighth that comes out of the seventh the eighth is the seventh is kind of the final kingdom that is ruled over by ten kings is this
0: the revelations one yeah revelation yeah
1: and and thirteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. and then the eighth is when the Antichrist at mid-Tribulation becomes world dictator. He actually sets up this eighth form of the empire, which is the final and worst form. And he's the he's the eighth head when he's world dictator. Now, the what what it is is, um, the 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 seven are the seven empires that dominated Israel, starting with Egypt, then Assyria. All right, so that's the first two. Now, Daniel came along at, at number three, which was Babylon. All right, that's when Daniel lived. So his prophecies only record from there on, uh, explains the difference between the seven and I the- I got you. Well, um, that's you know, so good. what you've got is Egypt, number one, Assyria, number two, then uh, Assyria, have I got that right? Yes, and, and then Babylon, right? That's number three. Then after Babylon is Persia. Greece. then Greece, then Rome. Rome. That's yeah. six. And then it's the final one that's yes. we're moving towards. Which, which we're in seven, now, really, aren't we? Which, uh, exactly, and then the eighth comes out of that seven. So that explains the difference.
0: Okay. Oh, we have so many emails. We've got to go quick. Um, uh, this is from Robert Nicholas. Uh, while Yom Kippur is being celebrated tonight and tomorrow, what many do not know is that they're using Rabbi Hillel's uh, 359 A.D. man-made calendar rather than God's own calendar as described in the Bible, which has Yom Kippur in two days' time on the 17th and 18th of September.
1: Yes, that may be true. Um, the the actual uh, original calendar is, is based on the observation of the moon and the the the, the the Hillel calendar is based on kind of more mathematical things, which doesn't necessarily correspond, as in the time of Jesus, with the observation of the moon. So it can vary by a day or two from the astronomically accurate one. So whether God, you know, how God relates to that, I'm not sure, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he makes way for us, yeah. Okay, um, what did Jesus mean when he said, if your hand foot or eye offend you destroy them for it's better to enter into the kingdom of God without them. easy one that.
1: Yeah, I mean it it is hyperbole yeah. but he's really saying sin is serious. Yeah. So you 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 don't you need to well, you know, it's got the capability of getting taking you to, to, to hell.
0: Just look at uh, you, what your eye is looking at. It could be another woman, if you're a man. Mm. Uh, well, you know, these yeah. days it could be anybody. Um, so let's say that the uh, the man that's looking with his eyes with an intent, uh, which is uh, fornication, um, he already, according to Jesus, that's his uh, sin already committed. Mm. So it's better to pluck your eye out yeah. and enter into the kingdom of God than. Ha- be seeing and being able to have all these things go wrong for you mm. or temptations same with hearing or the tongue or anything that actually gets in the way so it, what he's saying is body members really in a way are less important uh, more important than it is that you uh, actually go into the kingdom of heaven uh, with a, a loss of members of uh, body members if necessary in order to get there and yeah. not be sidetracked It's not
1: recommending that you I'm not- do some I'm sure, like, hang on <laughs> a <second. laughs> No, just leave your arm there, mate. <laughs> but it's 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 using dramatic language to make a to make a, a good, point. good point. Yeah, he yeah. spoke in parables. Yeah,
0: but it does get the point across. I hope that helps mm. uh, our writer there. No name, anyway. Um, hi, hi, Howard, Derek. Uh, the late show from Chandra Sukaramamaran. Yeah, dyslexic artist, designer. Well, I, I'm no one d- uh, dyslexic. Trying to say that. Um, okay, but uh, dear brother, um, subject: Curt and Melanie. I had a crystal clear vision at the end of uh, end time wrath of uh, the triune God, the Father, and I was able to interpret the vision with help of the triune Holy Ghost inside of me. Uh, this is not Kurt. You're in the wrong. You're in the wrong. The wrong show. Sorry, mate. Um, and the wrong day. So how that came in, I don't know. Lovely to see you, Howard and Pastor Derek. Thank you, amen. Uh, Pastor Derek, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 40, the Bible says there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is the one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Can you please explain what the celestial and terrestrial bodies are? Thank you, Irene.
1: Um, Let me double check that. I'm having two thoughts at the same time. Um, I'm glad you're answering them. that <laughs> He's talking about the different kinds, celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies.
0: We're talking heavenly bodies, like the angels, angelic creatures, and thus we're terrestrial. Yeah,
1: because the next verse he talks about, because my first thought was the celestial bodies is like the stars and the terrestrial bodies is like the earth. But then, in the next verse, he talks about the glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. So he's talking about that in the way God creates, there are different levels, different glories. the um, you know it's a good question. Um, I so, celestial is also heavenly. so I think yes. we can talk about really talking about I think heavenly bodies, whether it's of angels or. Ultimately mm-hmm. when we're resurrected and, and earthly bodies that that we possess. So we right will now. put off. So that which pertain to the heaven mm-hmm. heavenlies, others that pertain to the earthly realm.
0: Okay, here's a very good question from Satinda. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you, Satinda. Uh, based on the seven days of creation and that scripture says one day is like a thousand years, uh, does Pastor Derek believe that everything could be wrapped up by two thousand and thirty three? Good question.
1: Well, yes, it's, it's quite possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we don't know exactly, but uh, it makes sense to me. Um, I, as, as I understand it, in fact, I've, I've written about this in my book, The Keys of Time, that um, the first two days, uh, approximately, is from Adam to Abraham. The next two days, 2,000 years, is from Abraham to Christ. From Christ's death, which I believe is AD 33, Um, 2,000 years would then end in 2033. So there may be other things going on that that means it won't be exactly 2033, but that would be the best Mm. approximation. And then the final day, of course, is the Millennium. The seventh day, which John 20 says is 1,000 years, John was actually endorsing, I believe, this whole blueprint of a day with 1,000 years. Mm -hmm. That's the final day of the Lord there. Day, wrapping uh, up history. A thousand years but
0: a day and all that in God's sight is in Second Peter, isn't it?
1: Second Peter. Yeah. And, and there, Peter is talking about when Christ returns. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of saying, don't think that he's, God is, is kind of slow about what he's doing. He's, he's operating on a timetable. Right. And that the timetable is governed by a day as a thousand years. And there are two days, I believe, because Hosea 6 implies that from, Christ, from Israel's rejection of Christ. Christ will return to heaven. This is the end of Hosea 5. He'll return to heaven, and then Israel will repent at the end of two days. In fact, Hosea 6 starts with Israel's prayer of repentance, where they say, he's stricken us, he's judged us, but after two days, he will raise us up again, and in the third day we will live in his sight. So, so that's the t- two 2000 days, two year. thousand years, and in the which thousand, it takes right. you to two, to two thousand thirty-three. I'm not giving dates, no. but I am so saying that's a good date. <laughs> all I'm saying is, if you follow that um, blueprint, yeah, that it kind of points to, to to that time. But God may have other, you know, reasons why it's delayed a bit or whatever. We don't know. Okay, Dylan uh, writes from Northern Ireland. Uh, good evening, I'm
0: amazed at what archeologists are on, on unveiling uh, in the streets of Israel where Jesus walked. It's uh, really amazing news and I would love to go and pray and meet the great Mr. Benjamin Netanyahu. Who I hope will be president one day, again, I suppose that word is. Uh, he has perfect authority voice and loved to run the country and has that love. Thank you very much. Um, okay, um, it, there is a lot of evidence really coming out now in the archaeological digs. Uh, just amazing, you know, mm-hmm. to actually bear out what scripture has said about what was where in the different locations, geographically speaking, in
1: Israel. And it just. Um, it verifies what the Bible was said. Um, one, one recent one was they have discovered a massive, evidence of a massive earthquake mm. in around 800 BC and it's referenced in, it talks about the earthquake as in the days of Uzziah. And Amos talks about it, Zechariah talks about it as they'll run as in the, the earthquake in the days of Uzziah. Obviously a very memorable earthquake and that's in about 800 BC. And now digging in the layers of Jerusalem, they found exactly at that point, a destruction layer mm-hmm. um, that confirms this earthquake.
0: Mm. Um, it's the Rift Valley, isn't it, that runs all the way down through the Dead the Sea and the Jordan, Jordan Valley, yes. and all the way across to Africa, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and that's one of the major faults Yeah, that uh, causes these great earthquakes. Um, God bless you both, uh, thank you very much. Uh, grace and peace be upon you, thank you, that's... Uh, Milena, is it? Um, Derek, I wanted to ask you, is the Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine war before the rapture or after the rapture? Just
1: quick. Well, we don't know for sure, of course. God, otherwise, that, w- that would destroy the imminence of the rapture. My, if, I had, if I was a betting man, I would say before the rapture, because in Ezekiel 39, it says that there'll be seven years after the war in which they'll be burning the weapons, on the mountains of Israel, and halfway through the tribulation, um, the last three and a half years, the Antichrist invades Judea, the the mountains of Israel, so Israel won't be present on the mountains of Israel to burn the the, the weapons. So that kind of puts it, in my calculation, most likely um, in the church age before the tribulation, but we can't be 100 percent sure.
0: My goodness, I'm just... Quick, I've quick, written quick. a book
1: about this called The Imminent Invasion of Israel. Right,
0: that's way. it, because you've spoken about it many times. The Imminent Invasion of Israel is a book that you can get from, from the Amazon. Or Amazon.com.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Good man. Okay, um, Les writes in, uh, Hi chaps, re- um, reading Revelation at face value, it looks like the dead will continue dead until the end of the thousand year reign. Does this mean we will sleep and only be spiritually alive or are the dead mentioned in Revelation only... Yeah the unsaved dead who are waiting for judgment.
1: It's the unsaved dead. The the righteous dead are, if you read it carefully, those who go into the first resurrection, which is the resurrection of the righteous, the ones who are blessed. Actually, that's at the second coming of Christ. All the righteous will have been raised by then, um, who've died. Uh, And then the rest of the dead, it says, who are the unbelievers, their resurrection takes place at the end of the thousand years and, and it talks about the dead then sta- spiritually dead you see the unbelievers they re- they're, they're resurrected but they're still called the dead uh, and they stand before the great white throne and the books are opened and they end up in the lake of fire so that is just the unbelievers at the end of the thousand years okay um, hi guys when jesus says he's going to prepare a place for us uh, when mansions
0: are mentioned I've got to prepare that place for you. Is it literal that it's going to be a mansion? After all, we won't need to sleep, so we don't need lots of rooms, do we?
1: Yeah, we don't. The, the actual word is not mansion. That's what the translators supposed. I mean, the New Jerusalem is massive, so it um, yeah, definitely talks about living places, but it, it doesn't say. what their size is or whatever, but there is loads of room in the New Jerusalem because it's 1,005 miles high as well as 1,500 miles wide and long. So that is a huge, when you think outer space is about 50 miles up, this Mm. city goes 1,500. So there will be room, I'd like to believe we will have a very generous space allowed. No, we won't need to sleep, but I believe we'll have our own place. That's part of life. Yep. Well, it's and, promised um, in Scripture. And I believe it will be a lovely place. Yeah. The scripture that I... I, oh, I like the word. I like the translation mansions, but yeah. it doesn't uh, strictly say okay. that.
0: The Scripture that comes to mind is somewhere in the Old Testament where it says that each one will um, build his own uh, house and he will have his... He will have occupancy, not somebody else, and he will be there uh, almost like having a, a garden, you know, the sitting of the vine. That's the millennium. the millennium. Exactly. So... You know we're looking forward to that no mortgages no inheritance tax none of that rubbish yeah i hope mr johnson's there be really nice and all of them of course yeah but they need to uh, listen to god okay um hi howard and derek i have uh, two comments and questions number one the church is the body of christ yet we are told that we are the bride of christ surely the bride comes out of the body genesis two twenty-two. and number two well let me deal with number one first
1: well, we're both. It's not either or. Uh, we're the temple of God. We, you could go through, probably name about seven things we are, which is different images. I mean, these spiritual realities are described by their analogies with physical realities. So, just because we're the body of Christ doesn't mean we're, we're not also the bride of Christ, or and we're not the, the temple of the living God, mm-hmm, which is a building. Right, yeah. We're also the vineyard of mm-hmm. God. You know, so it's, these things are not either or. Mm-hmm. We, we take all these images to come to the full understanding of, of who we are. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, number two, uh, Revelation one two describes the bride as the New Jerusalem, uh, says Pat in Ireland.
1: Yes, uh, it isn't um, the, the New Jerusalem as the physical city. But when, you, when I say I'm from Oxford, when I talk about Oxford, am I talking about the people in Oxford or am I talking about the physical buildings? Both, perhaps, but of the two, it's, it's the people that are, are the most important. So when he looks at the New Jerusalem, he sees the bride. Mm-hmm. The bride is, according to the other scriptures, not the physical buildings. Because in Revelation 22, I think it talks about the bride says, come, you know. Uh, the bride is a person. Um, so if you, uh, And then you, you will see the bride in Revelation 19, who, who's been married and then returns with Christ in the second coming. So the bride consistently is the church, is, is the, the group, the believers. But her eternal dwelling place is the new Jerusalem. So when he sees the new Jerusalem, he sees the bride, you see? So it's, it isn't uh, a basis for saying, you know. Uh, in other words, when you look at Oxford, you, the, the city is not just the buildings, it's the people. Right.
0: Okay, <coughs> um, Sin is the title of this one, and this is from, no name, okay. It says, um, "Could you?" It, this could sound like an unnecessary question, We know that the results of the original sin had a catastrophic effect on humankind and creation itself, so why do you think that God hates sin so much? He had to judge it, and why is it so serious in the sight of God, though, sin?
1: Well, sin, because sin is the rejection of God. Sin is the rejection of our Creator. When we go our own way, um, we were made, you see, to be the image of God, to depend on God and to glorify God. So sin is to fall short of the glory of God. Sin is to say, no, I don't want God. I am my own God. Mm-hmm. I want to be independent from God. That is the most horrific thing. That is the rejection of our Creator, that, that going my own way in pride and independence, that, that is the most horrific thing there is. And so God hates it because God is righteous and He hates evil and sin is something that is evil.
0: I think, um, for me, w- when I came to a knowledge uh, of the Scripture, when I read Scriptures, first of all, I would see myself in, as a, in looking at myself in a mirror and going, uh, first of all, I didn't like the fact that I was being told that I was a sinner, basically, I came to that conclusion. But I was like, I'm, you know, how dare you, was my initial reaction. Mm. But then, as I read on and, and I became to know more about the Lord, yeah. I was actually um, repenting of my sin and recognizing what it was that was separating me from God. Mm-hmm. And although it is not easy to just stop and being a sinner, and in fact, we still sin today, even if it's in thought or deed or whatever, uh, but it is a matter of sin needs to be um, eradicated if we can. And if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, you know, sin doesn't dwell in us, but it is still nevertheless something that can capture us, uh, and uh, as it said, it's... Uh, we, need it's it, yeah, we need to hate
1: it. Yeah, we
0: need to hate it, and we also, um, it's sitting at the, crouching at the door, it says, sin, waiting
1: to sin get nature. you. Sin nature.
0: Yeah, so we need to fight that. Okay. Um, Howard, I love the new great looking studios like the Bible study behind the headlines and a few more. Also private. Did you? Well, say, did you? Um, no, I don't think I did get the message from you, Dylan. Send it again. But, or maybe I did. I don't know. I, I, I get, you know, I've got so many in my inbox, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we, I, I did promise everybody we'd put new sets in here uh, because they were getting old, you know, but the thing is, that, let me just show you something. Knock, knock, knock on the top. It's not really, this isn't real, this is um, <laughs> virtual. So, i am um, just got to be real here. i put my hand through the table. Whoops, sorry, I can't get it here. But There you go. <laughs> but, um, nevertheless, we're trying to improve uh, and make changes. uh, And this is a new new revamp that we've had here in the London studios. Thank God. Yeah. And uh, oh, so hang a sec. um, Outpouring. Do you not think that perhaps the scripture about God pouring out his Holy Spirit upon all flesh might need to be fulfilled before the happening of the restrainer being removed, says Janet? Good point.
1: Before the Restrainer being removed.
0: Yeah, so the Holy Spirit is one day going to...
1: The prophecy has been fulfilled in the sense that um, the Spirit is poured out on all flesh, and I think the context is the Spirit is poured out upon all believers, and that's what's available in the New Covenant.
0: But which comes first? I mean, is is the Restrainer or the one that's actually... The Restrainer, I
1: believe, is the Holy Spirit through the Church Mm -hmm. that will be removed... um, which would God say point. do that? And yeah. At the Rapture, and, and that will allow evil to come to its to its fullness. But I think I think probably the person is is saying, you know, are we to expect a final great revival, where you know, where the Holy Spirit is literally poured out on all?
0: I never the flesh used to think it would, and
1: but then I'm you know, th- I'm beginning to think we have hopes that it is. But Jesus yeah. could come at any time. But and I do believe there will be a final great hmm. outpouring of the Spirit. Yeah. But the Joel prophecy has been fulfilled for the last 2,000 years. God is Mm. pouring out his spirit on all believers, all those who will turn to him. He pours out his spirit in abundance.
0: Fantastic. Okay, um, atonement. Hi, brothers. Uh, Jesus will return on atonement on the clouds in the 6,000th year, and five days later, Jesus will descend on the Mount of Olives at Tabernacles. This will happen in 2029, says Robert. Nicholas.:
1: Oh We will see.
0: We will see, but it's all getting close. at least I, I see a lot of people actually getting to the end of the 6,000 year period and counting um, that we haven't got that much longer to wait for the Lord to return, which is wonderful. If you think the world is in such a mess, really is. It's so mm. sad, and it's, getting, it's not getting any better. And the, the, I was thinking about it the other day. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Because through their wisdom, they don't come to know God, yeah. you know, and so therefore, with all the, the clever men that we've got in, you know, looking after us with regards to the virus and everything else, and yet they still cannot see mm. the value in, in serving or looking or appreciating what Scripture is saying, and what God is saying, his wisdom is far higher.
1: Logic is only as good as your assumptions. Your starting assumptions. One. So, if yeah. your starting assumptions are wrong, such as there is no God or he's irrelevant, then you're going to end up at the wrong yeah. answer, even if your logic is is flawless.
0: <laughs> well, the fool says in his heart there is no God. So, I so mean, that, that's your foundational
1: much it. assumption is wrong, mm. uh, and that, and therefore a fool, even though he might be intellectually clever, he he'll end up at rubbish in the end.
0: Hi folk, the Bible tells us that no one must see God, and yet our God is a triune God, so with with that, people have seen Jesus, Jesus is a part of that, so people must have seen God, says David.
1: Yes, God, uh, we're talking about the fact that God, in his essence, no one's seen, and certainly no one's seen God the Father, but the Bible is also clear that God the Son has revealed him because he became flesh, became a man, and revealed him to us. So we don't see God, God is spirit, so we don't see him in his essence, but because Christ has taken on a human nature, you know, he has made him known, he has made him visible.
0: Very good, very good. Good scripture there, I've made him known. I have made uh, them Your your name is known to the people that Mm. Jesus spoke to, so he's made, he did the John 1, Forerunner, 18, as well John 1, as John 18. the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, blessings to you both. Children in heaven. Okay, I have a question for Pastor Dyke. I had a child, a little girl, many years ago. Sadly, she died in an accident in a fire in the Far East, many years ago. Sorry, so sorry about that. Uh, she was nearly two years old. Do you think that she will be uh, that age when we meet her again? Thank you, Lorraine. God bless you, Lorraine.
1: Well, of course, we got no scripture on that, but um, I would imagine that she would um, have grown up in heaven. I don't think she'll stay as a two-year-old throughout eternity. You know what I mean? So she's in spirit form now, anyway. Mm. And I so, suppose, but when she's resurrected, certainly she'll be in, a, in her full prime.
0: <laughs> the next question that would come, I would think naturally, is then how will one recognise our Children that have died and gone to be with the Lord. And because when they grow up, the form changes, but it's.
1: It's not by outward sight. No. It's by inward knowing. Yeah. Because, for instance, in Luke 16, I mean, the dead man, you know, Lazarus, who died, he, you know, or, or, you know, the rich man recognized mm. Abraham. Now, he didn't physically ever see Abraham because Abraham had died 2,000 years earlier, but he knew it was Abraham, you know, so we will know yes, because there will be perfect knowledge when we're in heaven.
0: What an incredible time that's going to be, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. to see our loved ones that have gone and passed away and uh, when we go and to be reunited. You know, this is another beautiful thing that the Lord... Uh, makes clear in scriptures and and that we've got that hope. So w- when we look at the world today in the state that it's in, don't become downhearted about it. Don't become dispirited because it's very easy to do that. Just know that God has a new heaven and new earth for all mm. to dwell in and uh, no more death or pain or sorrow. Hi, Howard and Derek. One thing I don't get uh, is us humans living on a tiny planet for 6,000 years is such a dot in eternity. We being made in God's image, we like projects, i.e., we've, um, it's very small writing this, i.e., we, when we've stopped uh, one as we like to start another, or oh, the projects, I see, we're in line, are we not, for, uh, for many of God's creations? What would be the point of just us in our short creation now, sorry if this sounds odd.
1: Yeah, I think I know what to say. Okay, good. The, um, in the, in, it is a relatively short time, you're right, but it's a very important period of time um, because we will be with God for all eternity, all right? So this is a very short pit stop, but it's very important. But why, why did God do it? Because the key issue is the sin issue. You see, when God creates creatures with free will, the issue is, Um, that needs to be settled once and for all is, does that creature accept God Mm. as God, Mm. or do they reject God to be their own God? And they have that issue, and Satan, of course, made that original decision. And God knew that by giving people free will, his creatures, some of them at least, are bound to choose sin and evil, then God uses this creation to bring that issue to the light. Those who reject Him will be judged, and they remain in that state forever. But those who accept Him as God and salvation, they are then sealed into a state of everlasting righteousness, whether they're angels or whether they're people. And so once we have dealt with that, and this period of time is finished, then that sin issue is dealt with once and for all then we can have a perfect everlasting eternal state where sin doesn't even come into the question so god is using this time to sort out the key issue that can make everything go wrong so that clears the way for a perfect eternal state thank god (laughs) Um, the studio now
0: in Howard is stunning, says Dylan. Uh, as I said earlier, it's really it's a virtual studio. It doesn't really exist, but it does look nice because these are all made up in the computer and put and loaded into our particular thing. There you can see. Don't give the there secret is, away. Yeah, there you go. There, that's us in the dark. But there you are. There you have it. Um, it's just a twinkling of an eye. Okay, Um, Alex writes in, he says, hi Howard and Derek Howard, I noticed in your previous shows that you say God speaks to you. Um, How would I know if he speaks to me, says Alex. Oh my goodness. Okay, well for me, I just, you know, I'll try and give you one example. I was having a really bad time. (laughs) Not that I haven't, not usually not having a bad time, I usually am. But I was in America, and it was many years ago, and uh, what happened was... uh, I'd been disappointed by not having somewhere to put all my television equipment, which I'd just bought, and things had gone uh, pear-shaped, if you want to call it. And uh, the church I belonged to had a really big church, I mean, huge church. And I'd gone to this little town in Sebastian, which had a very small church. And I was saying to the Lord, you know what? I'm never going, I said what I said, I'm never going to step foot inside another church. That's what I said, ever again. And this voice said to me, you know, because I said, I can't stand the people. I'm sorry, I'm being honest, okay. So and th- this boy said to me, how do you think I feel? And, I said, and I'm going, well, it's not my problem, is it? And there's nobody else in around. Said, uh, you know, I said, you'll you just have to put up with it. And, I, and, and as I said that, in walked my friend and said, we've just had a meeting. This is a little tiny church. Mm. We've just had a church meeting, and we've decided that we want you to have this particular room to put your studio in. And I'm going, I'm saying, I don't want to go ever inside a church again. And, and here is this little church offering to mm. put me in there and it really put me in my place. And yet and I'm <laughs> saying to God, you know, that's it, stuff, stuff sorry, stuff them all. Yeah, sorry, somebody's laughing. It's very funny, it is. But the voice was clear because there was nobody else in the house. Yeah. That's just one example that came mm. straight to mind. But mm. there are many, you will know, especially if you're on your own or you're stuck, you want an answer to something. And somehow it comes to you like a little voice, a quiet voice, it isn't some. Mind you, I did get a booming voice once mm-hmm. when I, had, um, I asked the Lord, I'm driving my car just up the road here, and I said, um, this was before I started Revelation TV, and I just had a television program on um, the, the networks just called Revelation. I bought time on them. Anyway, so I'm saying, give me a name, please, Lord, you know, for the channel or for the program. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, Revelation. And I said, no, 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 because we only had a four by three television in those days. <laughs> Revelation's too long. I said something like Sky. And he told me to shut up. <laughs> no, that's my, He said, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Hilary. Hilary's here, moment, sitting here. No, so, it's, so, but so it can be a nice voice, or it can be a little bit of a rebuke, and I deserved it. And, it, and now I understand, Derek. Mm. Why revelation? What better mm. name to have for something? And when I looked it up, when I got home, I looked it up in the dictionary. It's different today than it was then. But then the dictionary said something like a revealing of information from. Um, to humankind from a divine source. Mm. That is that wa- amazing. They've changed that now. They don't like the divine source. Mm. Mm. You know, a revelation to mankind. Yes, be the
1: theological definition. Yeah.
0: But yeah. it was in the Oxford Dictionary then. Yeah, it must good. have been about 1996 or 7. Mm. Okay, sorry, I've been uh, rabbiting on here. Yeah, the rapture, oh, that's very long. We've got three minutes. Um, r- Patricia writes in, I would like to run something by you. When all the believers are taken from this world, pre-trib, it's up to you or me uh, to decide that, uh, or not to decide that, but to discern that, there is always concerns that if Christians are flying planes or driving cars, that would be a bit of a mayhem if it suddenly happens, right? If this happens, then almost everyone left on the earth we will want to quickly claim to be a believer without having the Lord in their heart. We know that the Lord wants everyone to to come to him uh, as free will. I was wondering if when we are taken away from having the face to face the tribulation, do you think the Lord is preparing angels in human form to take our place? And would what that mean, non-believers would not see any change to their lives and would have to come
1: to the Lord willingly? What do you think, Patricia says? No, that's kind of fanciful, really that um, no, there, there will be a massive disappearance at the rapture, it will be one of the major events, and it will be a major sign to people, you know, when it, it's believers who go up, and you can, however many it will be, let's say one billion, hopefully, believers will, will suddenly disappear.
0: But there'll always be somebody will be driving,
1: though, or on well, a plane it, or something. No, will, I mean, that's just the start of terrible things that's gonna happen. I mean, you're into the day of the Lord, you're into, into terrible judgment time, and, mm. but everyone will know they need to repent and get right with God, because they will be aware, especially if, if they've heard the gospel already, mm. you know, when you share the gospel with someone, you know, even if they don't accept now, they'll remember it after the rapture's happened, and they'll realize they need to give their heart to the Lord. Mm. So uh, they'll understand that just hypocritically pretending to be a Christian won't do any good. So and there'll be a great preaching of the gospel after the rapture, and many will be saved.
0: Mm. Do you know, I really apologize. We had so many more uh, emails, uh, questions and things, but I'm just uh, saying that thank you so much indeed for all the questions that have come in, and also that Uh, Pastor Derek, for actually being with us, and his wife, dear wife Hilary, who's sitting uh, somewhere in the set. Um, And also, uh, just uh, very, very quickly, explain Matthew 27, where it says, The graves opened, and many bodies and saints who fell asleep were raised. I think there was a great earthquake at that time as well on Uh, that day. There
1: was, and actually, if you read it carefully, it was at the resurrection that many bodies came out, and there was a a group of people called the first fruits, who were resurrected with Christ, actually, and he took go. them to heaven with him.
0: We got that question in for you, and <coughs> thank you so much, indeed. So um, I'm going to say that you know, if you want to continue to um, watch Revelation TV, do recommend it to your friends and family, because this is a time that really people do need to have that revelation from God, an understanding of where we are in the stream of human history, very close. So God bless you and thank you very much indeed, Derek, again, and also to all of you at home for writing in. Uh, We are just going to continue to do our very best for the Lord and enlighten as many people as possible to his wonderful promises.